Welcome to the Sand Hills Media Ministry. We hope this production encourages and challenges you to live a more Christ-centered life. Welcome to episode two of season four. Uh, last week we got to talk about Ukraine, get to respond to some current events uh, as they're happening. And for this episode, for episode two, we're going with our first episode of the theme of this season, which is talking about kind of pillars and problems. What are things that the church holds as a pillar that are true, but have become a problem to the world because they are misunderstanding or have a misconception of what our pillar is? And today's episode is, why does God hate fun? That's the misconception that the world can often have about God. And so we get to sit down with Pastor Eric, who's part of our uh, family ministry here at Sandhills Community Church. He heads up the middle school side, and he has a lot of fun in the name of Jesus with those kids. So we have a great conversation with him. We hope that you enjoy it and that it edifies you as much as it did us. It, Christians shouldn't be the most dour people. Yeah. We, we of all people, have the reason for the most hope, mm. the most joy, to enjoy the world in the best way possible because we know this is what God created us for. No, the only time you're really going to be free and fulfilled is when, as a created being, you begin to walk in the way that he's created you to operate. But what you do need to do is just be a faithful representation of what you believe. Live it, live it boldly, don't hedge on anything, and just simply be who you are for the sake of Christ and the gospel and the church. And don't think about it in terms of like, did I make sure that they understood that I think they're wrong? In every generation, we need to evangelize the church. There is no Christian culture. Christianity is the message of God's Son sacrificed on the cross for our salvation. And the question that we have to ask ourselves is, are we going to choose him or not? And I often tell people, people don't leave church because of God. Mm -hmm. They leave because of other people. All right, so I think one of the biggest misconceptions that I grew up hearing, mm -hmm. and I, I mean, I'm wondering if you heard the same thing, was that like God doesn't want people to have fun. So to be honest, <laughs> the first thing that I think of when I hear that, did you ever see, so th the short answer is no, I actually had some parents that were big into fun. I mean, mm. it sounds weird, but like, like we watched comedies and that yeah. kind of stuff. And we're going to get into later, I think, some filters through which you can view, okay, is it possible to have too many boundaries or too few boundaries? Yeah. But, um, so my short answer is no. I lived in a very kind of grace-filled, free environment. Um, uh, but the thing that I think of, which is really funny, did you ever see the videos? It was put out like pre-YouTube. Wow. They're on YouTube now. Um, and it was a church who was putting up basically these misconceptions of Jesus. And they had found this terrible old Jesus film. It wasn't the Jesus film. Right. But it was some terrible old Jesus film. About Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. With this, the the dorkiest looking Jesus. I mean, he was kind of blonde <laughs> and blue eyed. He just actually kind of just wimpy looking. And it was, it looked bad. And then they overdubbed it. Oh no. And so they do all the and so it's great but there's this one where Jesus starts and this like his voice is like this and he's he's addressing he's addressing some crowd maybe in a synagogue or something yeah. in the movie. But he goes, 
All right, welcome to the first Christian church meeting. Rule number one, you're not allowed to have any fun unless it's laughing at how dumb the devil is. <laughs> and like he just goes on about like you can't miss church. You have to do this. And one of the guys like, and, and you missed last Sunday. He's like, but I had tickets to the Super Bowl, Jesus. And he's like, well, now you have to burn all your footballs and never miss church again. Wow. But like that's the that's the exact kind it, of thing I was thinking. It, I mean, it is literally <laughs> that you gotta look up like I don't know. It, you find like look up like you know Jesus videos dubbed video, and if you find like one that looks like an old timey, like, you know, I mean it's like sixties quality. Yeah, it's oh, it's so bad. But the funny thing is, I had a friend who showed me those when we were like ninth grade, eighth yeah. grade. You know, found it on whatever random website in the old classic days of the internet. He shows us those. We die laughing because some of them are just hilarious. <laughs> he said he went home, though, and his parents were like, you shouldn't watch those. You can't watch those anymore. Hmm. That's disrespectful to Jesus. And we were like, no fun. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, that's kind of the point of the video. It's like people think, Wait a second. <laughs> people think Christians can't have fun because the, the one guy was like, but I want to watch football. And he was just like, no, no football. And it was just like. Oh crap! Can Christians not have fun about anything, or yeah. even laughing about how ridiculous the idea of not having, having fun, fun is? Yeah. <laughs> so that's where mine goes every time. I think yeah, about th that. And that's the <laughs> as I was thinking about it, like I, I kind of I didn't grow up hearing from my parents that God, you know, didn't want people to have fun, but I felt like that's what I heard, you know, in society, or yeah. like, oh, they you know the Baptists don't want to, they don't want you dancing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know the joke about why Baptists don't like dancing. Right? No, I don't. No, actually, sorry, I ruined the punchline. It's bad. Why? Why do bap Why are Baptists opposed to premarital sex? Why? Because it leads to dancing. <laughs> it's dancing that's the root of all evil. <laughs> right. That's in the in the new some translation somewhere. Third Timothy. <laughs> that's yeah. the issue is dancing, and I and I feel like that there there was an aspect of it where the church had you know a historical role to play in that narrative where right there were instances where they were saying things like essentially no no fun what the world considered like dancing you know parties right. and and obviously we're going to get into kind of the nuances of that but some general things like just like dancing or you know um having like a bonfire at a certain time you know you could be accused of being a witch in salem you know look yeah. out yeah and so uh one of the really interesting famous things about this is the church would say during carnival in italy is you can do whatever you want mm -hmm. you'll be given absolution horrible idea just right off the yeah, bat yeah legally you weren't allowed to divorce or press charges against anyone for anything they did during carnival so so they came up with the purge before the es purge essentially and but then the next day you weren't allowed to do anything relating to like fun so so you had you 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 got all your fun out, and then you had to purge your fun to atone for whatever you exactly had just done. So historically, the church has looked at the question of well, what do we do with all this fun? How do we how do we do this? And so that was that was around the the thirteen fourteen hundreds. Uh, you can look that up. It's a really interesting. When I was studying church history, I'm like, that's a weird one. Yeah, that's an odd one. And so uh, going through history, you have this misconception that God doesn't want people to have fun. And so we've kind of talked about why that's prevalent. It's it's funny. To say that, right? Just like those videos, like it's funny to you know pretend like Jesus is going to ask you to burn all of your footballs, right? Because it's silly, you know, and so it's funny. Um, but there are people who've probably 
honestly encountered that real opposition. They've been made to feel that, you know, maybe a life's pursuit isn't as high of a value mm. because it's not, you know, of the church or, you know, whatever it is, you, you, you know, there's lots of different ways that I think we can go wrong. Like it, it, it's a silly idea and we can say, oh, it's silly, but, but it's also real. I mean, the, the misconception is real and then there's real damage when we do err and when we do get removed from actually a, a, a proper theology and a proper mm. view of God and who he wants in humanity, when, whenever we go off of that track, right or one way or the other, then people get hurt, I think. Yeah, and I, I think that goes all the way back to Genesis with the idea of, well, you know, God doesn't want you to have fun. And it's the idea of, well, who's the one introducing the questions of, well, does God really want you to do this or not really want you to do this? And that's the enemy tempting Eve, where he says, you yeah. know, hey, did, did God really say that you can't eat from this? Or did he really say that you're going to die? Um, and you just can kind of flip that around where he's going, hey, God really doesn't want you to have any fun. Right. You know, he did. He really doesn't want you doing all these stuff, and it's imposing a narrative onto what the text says. So now I think we get to the good question of what? How do definitions play into this? What's the definition of fun? You know, you're talking about that theology and that concept of who God is, what He desires, what we're made to be. So, what definitions do we need to be working off of, and does that play into the misconception that God doesn't want you know people to have fun? Yeah, I mean, obviously. It's going to sound like the churchy answer, but you you got to start with Scripture. Um, that's the way that we understand who God is, who he's revealed himself to be. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's a great, like, yeah, go back to the beginning. Look, look at even the creation mandate when he created man and woman. Um, he created us, and one of the first things he told us to do is be fruitful and multiply. Mm. We're supposed to subdue the earth and and. That's work, and so we're talking about that, but also one of the things to think about is work only became troublesome, like mm -hmm. work became hard toil as a result of the fall. Yeah. So on a certain level, there's also the, I assume there would have been a satisfaction mm -hmm. in the work that God gave Adam. It was you good. Know, yeah, it's good, and, and it, granted, that's not saying that, you know, you know we, we don't get great pictures of laughing and frivolity Mm. You know, the creation account, but also think about the, I think part of the thing about like fun, enjoyment, however, we're going to talk about that and we can go like into the real world example, but just as a concept, I think some of it comes from this idea of there's satisfaction. Mm. There's, I mean, also fun is usually something that you're engaging in. I mean, it's, it is a work you're, you're, it can, it can be a creative work too. Like think about like a, a comedian who crafts a brilliant punchline, like you're doing creative acts in this idea of fun. Mm. Like like that that there's so many ways in which we I think emulate different parts of God's character. Mm. And I think it's even resemble even just the idea of enjoyment. Yeah. Because that's also something like the concept of sit back and enjoy something, whether you're actively enjoying it in a sport, in a hobby, yeah. or maybe passively enjoying in a I'm gonna just sit and enjoy being outside. Uh, I mean, like God, God gave us a prescription for that, or there's a description of God doing that mm -hmm. in Genesis one in the creation account. Each day, God makes. He he proclaims. You know, he opens his mouth. You know, says things. He says, "Let there be light." He light, and he saw that it was good. Mm. Like God, however, whatever timeline you're going to give to the creation account, yeah, actually looked at what he did and went. Took some time. 
Man, that's good. So that's good. That is good. I like that. I mean, like, there's the satisfaction, there's, there's the creation, actually, yeah, goodness, and, joy, and, and and the expression of I like this. This mm. is good. You know. And then he took a whole day to do that. Yeah. And say, after I'm done, I'm gonna look at it all and sit back and go, yes, this is good. Mm. Like, and I don't think it's a, you know, it's. I just don't think it's the dark stoic. I have deemed it good, mm. and I am impassable and unfeeling. Like mm. stoic. I think God enjoyed that. Like mm. He would go with whatever this means. If it's a, if it's just a metaphor, or whether it's actually physical, He would go on walks through the garden. Yeah, with Adam. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, yeah. That seems like he's he's actually enjoying this. Yeah, this is a good thing. Um, and so the fact that we have we because we're created in his image, this is where I think we have the we have the freedom, the privilege um, to enjoy things. Mm, I think that that is that's a key point is that idea of uh, the world calling something fun and God saying, I want to take you even further than fun. Yeah. You know, and I, I want to take you to deep enjoyment. Well, right. Joy and satisfaction. And, and, it, and it counters it counters the idea um and I will say, just as I'll tease this, because I'll, I'll, if I remember, I'll try to pull some quotes out of this. But for anyone else, a great book that I was recommended um, by actually uh, my friend, Dr. Larry Dixon, who's been on the podcast. Uh, he This great book called Becoming Worldly Saints. Mm. Um, the whole kind of subtitle is, Can You Serve Jesus and Still Enjoy Your Life? Mm. Uh, great book. Um, it's not actually overly heady. It's actually kind of comical when you read it. Yeah. Um, but it is delving into this topic, and one of the things that even this pushes against is, I think from the earliest time, I mean, you can go back to Old Testament examples of, you know, David dancing before the Lord. Yeah. Because he was caught up, and like, we say, oh, he is dancing. And we're like, it's one of those times where like, stop, picture it. What, What's happening inside of him mm. that now he goes out and dances? This isn't just he decided to get crazy, like, You've seen people like at weddings when they're so happy and they're mm. like, Boo, I'm going to start dancing. Like this didn't seem like a like crazy, but like he was he was so overjoyed mm. that the Ark of the Lord had come back and was just like, so I'm going to dance and I'm going to be excited about it. Like he's happy. And yet there were those who were like, dude, you can't be doing that. Like, come on, keep it down, keep it together. Like and then you have fast forward to New Testament area where you have. You know, the Gnostics and people who were kind of saying, you know, the idea of this kind of living an ascetic life, like mm. put aside all worldly pleasure, worldly things, material world is what's holding your spiritual life back. And I think this is something that's continued. This is what um, Whitmer kind of calls out in his book is this notion that there's this duality to the world of there is material and there is spiritual and the two are in contrast to each other. Mm. They, you know, war against the, and again, some of this has Kernels of truth in Scripture, you know, put to death, deeds of the flesh, all that right. kind of stuff. But when you when you extend that out to all matter, like material enjoyment is mm. not good. You should only find spiritual enjoyment through sacrifice and giving. Mm. And you know, if you're enjoying it, then you're not doing it hard enough because it should hurt. Like, you know, we don't mm. say that all the time, but I think sometimes in the back it's of a our very heads, Puritan kind of yeah, and it's and it's like it goes back to the Puritans, but I think it goes, you know, you can go back into the you know the older church, I mean, ancient church again. I think you've probably seen things, you know, and even the Israelites dealt with this like in lots of different ways. So it's it's yeah. one of those where 
nothing new under the sun. Um, mm. It's just carried on, and we haven't quite. We don't. We'll, we won't break it because because there's a little bit of attention. But I I agree with Whitmer and his statement. Like we shouldn't view the world as. Okay, so I'll say it this way: there's an error in saying God's creation is not for my enjoyment. Mm. Like when when we view the world that way, when we say. Well, I can't go take time just to go on a long hike and go out in the woods. Like I, sh- I should be, you know, serving the homeless. And you're like, can you do both? Yeah. I mean, not at the same time. But again, like, because when you start to put down God's creation, you're saying, God, your creation is is bad. It's bad for me to enjoy this. It's not worth my time. It's not worth my time. And it's also like the um, there was a quote in here. I'll see if I can. I had to mark it because I was trying to find it because I had I marked this book up a lot, um, <laughs> but it was. It's just a it was a wonderful idea about um I'm probably not gonna be able to find it because I have so many marks in here. Do 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 Yeah. Yeah. Well it says don't divide your life into sacred and secular, heavenly and earthly, mm. Christian and human realms. Devote them all to Christ. Because it's also saying it, God has given us creation as a gift. I mean, even yeah. pre fall. He didn't have to give us a beautiful world, but I think be- because of God and his nature and who he is, he's a wonderful creator. He only gives good things. He gave us a great gift of creation and and bodies and minds to expand on creation. He made us sub-creators. Mm. Go do stuff. Like, he made us with the capacity to build skyscrapers, Tesla cars, like all this crazy Creativity, stuff. Creativity, yeah. Creativity is a wonderful gift. Why would we not use it? Mm. Like, if we deny that gift, we're kind of denying the gift giver. Yeah. I think that's a, a great point. And you, and you see this change in mindset, right? And you, and you hear that in First Peter chapter 1 as well, where he says, In all of your conduct, be holy, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. It doesn't say in, in your Christian conduct, be holy. It doesn't say right. in your you know human, you know whatever you want to say with that conduct to be holy he says in all of your conduct no matter what it's touching so that's that's a great point from that book where it's we're not called to divide up our lives into like you said the sacred and secular but it's all becoming sacred right and there's a there's a great quote too i heard this a long time ago and it was just i've seen it in other places oft quoted um there's a dutch reformer whose name was abraham kuyper um and his quote is it says there is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry mine. Mm. You know, the, when you said Dutch, I started thinking of some of the uh, Dutch painters who became very famous mm-hmm. in the latter parts of the Renaissance. Yeah. You know, we're talking about 15, 1600s. And the reason they became so famous, they were realists um, and, and they were painting, and it was incredible paintings of harbors of just men doing business yeah doing trades and one of the most beautiful aspects of this is just everyday life the reason why they were painting it is because of the reformer saying you can paint everything because everything glorifies god like like though this testifies to it and so they're going oh my gosh my paintings can glorify god my painting of just a harbor can glorify god because the harbor glorifies god and so their whole kind of culture mindset shift um, out of the the kind of Catholic mindset that if you were going to produce art, it had to be about 
Yeah, the virgin or about, you know, the immaculate, you know, all that stuff going on right. for the saints. And it had to be, you know, with icons, had to be very specific kind of art. But then the reformers come along, they're saying, no, everything we can do can glorify God. Well, that's echoed again. Like, I mean, I'm going to go to a, a poet, but before I go that, let's go to the inspired word of God. In Colossians, Paul even says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, mm. do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Absolutely. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. So it's one of those, I mean, whatever you do, yeah. in word or deed. I mean, that's a pretty broad category. And and again, and it seems also a more strategic outlook on life. That's where I've, I've always thought, again, I'm sure there have been wonderful accomplishments done, you know, in monasteries and wonderful mm-hmm. things here, and they've connected yeah. well. But but that idea seems counter to Christ's great commission and kind of the, the the concept of, you know, what the church should be in the world and for the world. Like, no, we need to be at every strata of society. Christians need to be filtered among all the disciplines. Um, uh, I'll say this, and I'll get back to my quote here to, to pack that up. Like, and even in Whitmer's book, he had a great thing of like, what would it have looked like during the Great Recession in America, 08, 09, that time? Mm-hmm. What would it look like before then if Christians had, I'm not saying they weren't, but let's say there were many more, if Christians were in the banking industry. So instead mm-hmm. of saying, ah, Christians, that, that's a secular place, and I'm not saying people did, but like when you when you go in this divide and you say, well, that's secular, you can't do that. Mm. But what if we had a bunch of Jesus-loving Christians in the banking industry, in the housing market, mm. going, you know what? This isn't a godly principle for me to lend this amount of money to you. It's reckless. I know you can't pay it back, and I'm not going to do this. Like, and that I want would, the interest. And yeah. I just want the interest, and I want the kickback. All like, If you actually had godly people living in the world, doing jobs, not just being missionaries, and not just being mm. this, but like, could that have avoided a lot of trouble for a lot of people? Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you have, you know, when you have godly actors and actresses who say, yeah, I'm not going to, I can't take that role. I'm not going to put, put play that part in that movie because mm. that's, that's depicting something that's not glorifying to God. I yeah. can't do that. And I don't believe in, and then when they win awards, um, Chris Pratt did a great example of this. He was at the MTV um, mm-hmm. like movie awards and he went up there and he gave the gospel about how Christ died for you. And so he just, t- and he said, I've got a platform. I've, I can do yeah. my job and I can use what I've been given to talk about God. Right. Um, you know, whether he does it perfectly or not, you know, he's yeah. not Jesus. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, again, that's where we were like, now you can go, oh, well, is he like, I, I don't know. I'm not him. I'm not in his life. I'm yeah. not discipling him. So I don't know. But he used this platform. He, he used a platform. God speaks through imp- imperfect messengers all the time because that's all mm-hmm. he has to deal with anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, here's, here's a great one that just kind of ties this up. Again, I also like things like I, I, did, I didn't start liking poetry and literature. And so, I mean, I liked books, but then in, mm. in college, I was like, Man, there are some poems that are just amazing. And then you're oh, also, yeah. again, opened up to the idea of there is no discipline that is off limits for Christians. I mean, mm. let's say legal disciplines, right? You know what I'm saying? There's no discipline that, like, God loves mechanics. God loves poets. He likes the liberal arts. Yeah. He likes the hard sciences. Mm. All of it. Because all of it is created by God. So this poet, Gerard Manley Hopkins... What a name. I know, right? Um, He's had some great poets, but he has this this great line here. To lift up the hands in prayer gives gives God glory, but a man with a dung fork in his hand, a woman with a slop pail, give him glory too. 
He is so great that all things give him glory if you mean they should. Wow. I was like, dang, isn't that... Even the farmer shoveling the crap. Right, I mean, because it's also one of the... glory to God. Right, I mean... Give God glory in all things. Are you enjoying? I mean, this goes back to um, a, another uh, thinker that I, a modern thinker that I like, teacher that I like to. I, I admire John Piper. Again, I'm not going to say he's perfect in everything, but right. I admire his teachings and a lot of stuff. And his whole bent on, you know, kind of framing this idea of the the kind of term he coined was Christian hedonism. Yeah, I was thinking about that actually when you were talking about authors. Right, and uh, and, and the whole. The summation of Christian hedonism is God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Mm. So whether you're a farmer shoveling dung, whether you're in Silicon Valley developing tech, whether you're changing tires in a shop, whether you're a stay-at-home mom who's sorting laundry, God is glorified in you when you do whatever you do in his name. Mm. For his glory, to the best of your ability. Yeah. Elevate, you know, like enjoying him. And he had a great, um, on Desiring God website, he had a great uh, little article about, you know, is it okay to play games and is it okay to, how do you treasure God in your hobbies? Mm. And he had some some great things to think about. He says, does it cause your heart to exalt God or the world? Mm. So like, is this, is this hobby pushing you towards God? Like, again, I think you can enjoy reading. And you can read a novel, read a John Grisham novel. I'd stay away. I'm going to, sorry, Mom, I'd stay away from Twilight. But, um, <laughs> but like, well-written stories, like someone who knows the craft of storytelling, who mm. writes a compelling story that's engaging, maybe you can enjoy that and say, man, this, like, I, I appreciate the creativity that God has given this person. Now, again, I think there's a line there. Like, uh, John Piper had, um, he also has a great little podcast, Ask Pastor John. Yeah. Not you, but sorry. Different Pastor John. He had a great one I listened to years ago. I'll claim about, it, though. Yeah, definitely claim it. I <laughs> My <will>. other podcast. <laughs> you might have heard of it. Um, he had a great one about, like, can Christians watch Game of Thrones? Mm. You know, and that's like... What a question. We think about it. I think there are some clear boundaries. Like, again, there's some boundaries to this. Because, um, like, he's, he's saying, does it cause you to exalt God or does it cause you to exalt the world? I would also say mm. maybe, does it... Does it lift your mind to things of God or does it like, is it just planting, is it yeah. planting sin in your mind? Again, yeah. like something like Game of Thrones, I'm going to, I would, I would argue against that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's enough redemptive value in that, even if there is some good storytelling and some creativity. Yeah. But another one was like, does it refresh you? Mm-hmm. Now, and you can say like, this is an interesting one. I'm going to pick on Game of Thrones right now because it's in my head. It could entertain you. Yeah. And entertainment's not bad, but I think good entertainment also refreshes you. Like, I don't mind watching, um, it's weird, I actually kind of like watching some hard movies, mm. like some some darker stuff too. There's um, a movie that I've, that I like called Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, um, I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, directed by Guillermo del Toro. Um, he directed like the Hellboy movies. Great pronunciation. Thank you. Well Thank done. You. Yeah. I didn't really trill that Guillermo though. Um <laughs> It's it's a fantasy movie. It's an interesting one. Um, like I said, I'm not. It's it's not like a Christian made movie. It has some cool themes of of yeah. sacrifice of redemption, but it's also just extremely well made, very thoughtful, mm. beautifully shot. Color palette is in, like intricate, intentional, like artistry. Again, kind of like Renaissance painters. I'm appreciating yeah. the art of it. Mm. It's still kind of some dark themes. There's some like struggle. I'm like, oh. 
But after that, I don't sit there and go like, oh, oh, that was just fun. Like, it entertains me in a way, mm-hmm. and it also do, it stimulates my mind. It causes me to think about things of beauty, of evil, and of good. Mm-hmm. Like, whereas I would argue something like Game of Thrones. Now, again, there are some of those elements in there, but I think it's also covered with enough of of just the world of unredemptive mm. sin. Uh, I mean... Kind of pulls your mind away from the Pulls Lord. your mind and also, yeah, it, it starts polluting you. I mean, I mean, one, just graphic nudity and all that stuff. Like, that's, that's introducing... That's introducing more negative than it's elevating you to the positive. Yeah. I think a good... Um, kind of test on this and that idea of entertainment and hobbies and games and movies, shows, books. Um, It says in first Peter, put away all envy, malice, slander, deceit, hypocrisy, all those things. Right. And those are prevalent in the world and common in the world, um, you know, naturally. And I think one of the things that I've been asking myself a lot is, is the thing that I'm doing elevating that list Mm. or the opposite. Right. Because if, 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 and my brother Mark will be <laughs> be happy that I made a mention of this. Madden Football 22, Madden 22, <laughs> is a game on Xbox that I've been playing a lot of recently. And I realized that it was really messing with my head. Mm-hmm. I was becoming rude in my heart and my thoughts toward people I was You're playing. You're just trying to pwn noobs. <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously, and I looked at that, and I was like, I was talking to Claire about it, and I was like, I, I think I need to maybe not play for a little bit yeah because the you know it's fun to have something to play it's entertaining you know i you know video games board games i I have a hobby for that and what's important though is as you engage with those things that are fun and are you know cool is to make sure that they don't because they will gradually pull you away when i started playing madden i wasn't you know filled with you know envy of other players or malice of yeah, well, you know, he did a celebration dance <laughs> after he teams. picked, you know, got a pick six. This is so annoying, you know. Um, and so I, I didn't start that way, but I ended up getting to a place where I was really in my heart, like, man, I'm not thinking well in this situation. I'm anxious. I'm upset. And anxiety and, and anger and frustration don't yeah. come from the Lord. Yeah. So if that's what this is producing in me, why would I keep engaging with it? Well, Jesus- you know, and that's the idea of keeping all things in moderation and you know too much of that and it can it they can pull you things can pull you away from god in very subtle very quick kind of ways and i will say um we are new creations we're made we're made new in christ we are sanctified Mm. and yet there however it exists there still exists in us a capacity for sin um uh, a sensitivity towards it i'd say sometimes a proclivity and i think that's one of the things if you've got to be careful um uh, there was a great illustration given at a, a youth summer camp we heard once where it was an idea of what are you, you know, or do you hunger for God or are you hungering for sin? Well, the question is, well, what are you feeding yourself? Mm. You know, or like, you know, kind of again, like, well, why am I outputting this? Well, what are you putting in? What are you inputting? Now, now, even though Jesus said it's not what, you know, it's not what you eat that makes you unclean, but it's the heart. It's what comes out. Saying, even though Christ is in our, you know, Christ is in our heart, we've been made new, there is still some part of us, I would I'd say that it seems to be real in Romans 7. Paul mm. describes the struggle. There's some part of us that will still struggle. And so why would we give that any ammunition? Yeah. You know, this why life would we, we give... live in the flesh, we live to the glory of God. We, acknowledging the brokenness of flesh, but the desire right. to be 
and there and there you know, will God's be people. there will be a struggle to put to death those deeds of the flesh like daily stop yeah you need, you need to put to death take put off the old self you have done that you have a new self in christ so stop kind of dancing and putting one foot back in that old shoe and go ah mm. this won't hurt me anymore I, I can i can dabble with that good dancing reference um yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. There it is. The Baptists is. were right. Although I will say, and like I thought it was funny though, watching the movie White Christmas. Have you seen White Christmas? Yes. Bing Crosby, yes. Danny Kay. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. There's the one song after Bing Crosby and Danny Kay do the sisters bit and you know they're kind of dressed up as the girls yeah, to cover yeah, for yeah. them. Uh then Danny Kay goes out due to his dance number with his partner. And their whole song, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is where the Baptist got it. The song says, dancing soon becomes romancing. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I was like, they were right. They were right. That's Claire's <laughs> favorite Christmas movie. It's a, a good A lot one. of family references today. <laughs> that's Chris Ledley's, one of his favorite Christmas really? movies. Really? Oh, yeah, big it's a white fun Christmas one. fan. It's yeah. a fun one. Um, but, yeah, that, and that's one of those things, too. So, also, yeah. I think sometimes where we're going to get, um, just to make sure we say, like, there are popular ideas about like, well, well, should shouldn't shouldn't we give to others? Like, is mm. it okay? Like, is it okay to go down to an amusement park to go to Universal or Disney when I could have spent that thousand dollars, you know, sending money to a missionary in in Afghanistan or something? We're like, okay, do you is that always the case? Is that mm. you know? And there's a little part of me that's going. You're gonna have to wrestle with that a little bit on yourself. I, yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, I think we get into there's a, um, there's no limiting principle. If if like and again, and I know people like I respect David Platt and those guys. You know, he wrote the book Radical, which was mm. really talking about trying to live radically for Jesus, kind of avoiding distractions. Yeah. Ask yourself the hard questions. Yeah. Right. And so like there, I think everyone should ask that. Like, go read Radical and read this book. They're mm. not. They're not antithetical. I think they're somewhat comp complement complementary to each other in yeah. helping provide a balance. Although this one's pretty balanced anyway. But you do need to ask yourself those questions. I think anyone can go too far into anything. An example that uh, Whitmer gives in this book is a great thing. Is like any any good thing in excess can become a bad thing. Yeah. So look at a Thanksgiving meal. You can easily go into gluttony oh, at yeah. Thanksgiving, right? I mean that you easily go over. Most of us probably do. And I don't know where exactly the line of gluttony is. Like, you got to judge it yourself. Like, are you just overeating just because you're making yourself unhealthy? But anyway. Or are you feasting and enjoying the Lord? Right. And that's yeah. the difference is, but, but just because the possibility for abuse exists doesn't mean the thing itself is evil mm. and to be avoided. Because, again, wouldn't it seem odd if we came to Thanksgiving dinner and said, Here's a protein oh, bar. Lord, or, or, or even or even looking at this giant, you know, this smorgasbord of wonderful food, if we looked at it and went, Lord, forgive me for what I'm about to do, or like, <laughs> help me avoid sin in this moment, and I shall only eat the bare essentials and try, and only, like, no, it's good food. That, we're like, that's a weird prayer, uncle. Like, <laughs> also, think about, like, God talks about, like, in, in Revelation, there's a picture of a wedding banquet, a mm. feast. When in feast Christ days comes, in the Jewish calendar. Right. It's celebrate, remember mm. this day. We look forward to a wedding banquet when Jesus comes back to claim his bride where they will be rejoicing. Mm. Like all the, this concept, too, of rejoicing. Like how often do we rejoice in the Lord? I feel like too often we kind of read that without emotion. And we're like, mm. I shall rejoice. Very it's like, stoic. And it's yes. like mystic. 
rejoice. Like, think about celebrate. Think about when your team wins the Super Bowl. The crowd is rejoicing. They're going crazy. That do that. Rejoice yeah. in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. Now again, you're not always going to be bouncy happy because this life is still hard. Yeah, we're not there yet. But there should be we get times tastes. of it. Yeah. And, again, again, like, and the and the and the tastes of enjoyment, frivolity, merrymaking. Like, I think those are those are healthy. Mm. And I I would say God ordained and like yeah. it's a gift of God. Enjoy it. And what? you see Jesus' first miracle. At a wedding. Turning water into wine. So the party can so the go party on. can keep going. Because <laughs> like the party don't that, stop. <laughs> that's amazing. Like that you see that these people who had evidently had enough wine that was supposed to last a couple of days and one night, and Jesus recognizes the significance of what a wedding is supposed to be and the enjoyment and love and, and like you are saying, merriment and all these things that are supposed to be happening at a wedding, that he can help be a part of the process. And that this is going to be hugely humiliating to the family. Oh, I mean, there's starting their wedding on a faux pas. There's so many factors that go into that story. There's this weird, I mean, not weird, but there's this this sweet obedience and kind of to his mother, like he defers to his mom. Mm. Um, You know, he's, you know, he's he's also again doing an act of kindness for this couple. Like who knows? I'm who knows what relation he is to them. Not saying physical, but like. Did he, I mean, if he was invited was to a he wedding, just in he the knew neighborhood. Them. Or, like, I'm assuming. I mean, I mean, I know communal things were much yeah. bigger back then, but but yeah, it's just there's a lot. Um, I wish I had remembered the quote. Uh, I'll I'll do two quotes, and then I'll, if you have another question, you can get to that. But um, from now, unfortunately, from now, disgraced Ravi Zacharias. Um, but he had this quote that he had pulled from another poet from a long time ago, and it was one of those things of commenting, just kind of on the mystery of it, like wondering at the fact that. In Scripture, we never get an explicit depiction of Christ's mirth. Hmm. We like we see him. We see him be kind and loving. We see him be gracious. We see him be stern. We see him, you know, be correcting. We we see all these sides, but we never we never got to see him tell a joke mm. or laugh. Yeah, or, or, yeah, or yeah. laugh at something or like explicitly. You know, maybe there's a way you're like, you know, yeah, he was at parties with a bunch of people who they thought were drunken, you know, terrible people, and, and the Pharisees were like, you can't hang out with these people. Like, okay, if Jesus was hanging out with the undesirables at like wild parties, and they were accusing him of debauchery, like this party wasn't, you know, your grandma's party. Yeah. This was a good part. Like so, and again, Jesus wasn't just standing in a corner going. He wasn't just going. To, mm, this, you're, 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 no you're, fun here. You're going to hell for that. Because then the Pharisees were <laughs> like, "This is our kind of guy." <laughs> yeah, like if he would just stand, if he was standing there going, oh, "Don't do too much of that." Like okay, Oops, stop that. There's another. There's another in that Jesus videos series. There's four of them. One of them is he goes around telling each disciple the things they've done wrong since he last saw them, <laughs> and he goes to one of them and he's like. And Bartholomew, you were slow dancing a little too close to that girlfriend last night. Not way too close, but just enough to make me angry. <laughs> like, just enough to make God angry. Right. Just it's enough. Like, but then, so <laughs> not too close, <laughs> not but too just close, enough. But just enough to, the great part of that one is he ends with, and Frank, well, you know what you did. I just can't say it because I'm Jesus. <laughs> But that, that is, I mean, really, that, that speaks to the concept of that, that, that silly idea that 
that God can't be a part of those things of 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 a yeah. slow dancer, you know, of stuff like that. That oh. he's so other when yeah. in fact he walked amongst us and he went to our weddings and he's yeah. preparing a banquet for us. He's, there's also something, you know. I, I mean, I will say original sin exists, and so you look at a kid and you're like, well, you do have original sin, but yeah. But there's also something innocent, I think, to our humanity. When you play music for a two-year-old, what does the kid? Mm. What does what does the kid do? My my daughter's one, and she has she's almost got head banging down. She just kind of does this like bend at the hips, full body. (laughs) She hears music and she just starts doing this thing, and it's like that is a a human natural response. Yeah, and I'm not just arguing for dancing, but let's just say, but like when you see something you enjoy, when your heart is lifted to exult in something, Mm. when there's again, why do we cheer at weddings when people Mm. get married and the bride and the groom enjoy their first kiss? We're like, yeah, that's awesome, woohoo! Like there is there are things to be enjoyed in life, and that's what God like. If we can't enjoy life, what did God create? Like, mm. why do we have a relationship with yeah. Jesus? What yeah. has he done for us? And that was part of the the early church struggled with that, where there was a, a separate group of Christians that were saying, we should have no enjoyment in right. this life, and you should flail yourself, and you should oh, yeah. destroy your body because yeah, the, yeah, everything the, is terrible. Because the material world, and that's kind of the... This guy brings it back even to a platonic view of kind of the idealism, you know, looking beyond this world. There are the ideals that we want to strive for, and these are non-material things. So non-material good, material bad. Mm. That's a platonic idea, but then we incorporate that into Christianity, and it becomes spiritual Jesus-y good, physical worldly bad. Yeah, and I think that gets into the these kind of last two questions before we close. And I think, I mean, we've, we've talked a, a, about these concepts now. So when we ask the question, you know, does God hate fun? Mm-hmm. You know, we just talked about so many things that are good and enjoyable and, and celebratory and wonderful. So what's the world's definition of fun? And what's God's definition of fun? Where are they similar? Where are they separate? And what do we learn from that? I think part of the world's definition of fun I'll at least say a Western definition of fun because sure. that's probably where, yeah. I mean, I don't have as much experience in Eastern cultures. However, I would imagine, and there's, there's somewhat of a universality to this. But I think I think a lot of it for us now is wrapped up in self, mm. which I think is part of the problem. Um, fun is, well, what's fun for me? And again, this is where I think you, you can even see this in toddlers and children too. So the abuse of this is, well, the toddler thinks it's fun if he gets to play with all the toys and his sister doesn't get any because I want fun to myself. Mm. Now, again, sometimes there is also the, you, we, we instinctually know that some things are more fun enjoyed. But, yeah, I think the world's definition, it's, I think it's wrapped up in self. It's wrapped up mm. in, it's also wrapped up in what makes you happy now. Yeah, pleasure oriented. What's going to give you whatever your definition of pleasure is right right and and all and um yeah and and i think also sometimes sometimes i think what happens is there is a a a twisting to where um and this i think well this is where i think it gets into god's definition is somehow there seems to be just kind of an innate inversion to where it's let's now revel in things that should not be Mm -hmm. like i think now like again 
I grew up watching comedies. I, I, I watched sitcoms, maybe arguably not the wisest choice, um, but I watched a lot of comedies in my life. Mm -hmm. I love comedy. Like 90s comedy movies, I thought some of those were hilarious. Some objectionable parts, but like, but for some, like, I look at comedies, 90s, early 2000s, 2010s, and mm -hmm. now, like, I can't think of a good comedy that's come out in the last mm. almost 20 years, especially because it seems like all the jokes and all the fun that's had is usually leveled at just over-sexualizing things. And it's mm. like, and it's actually the fun parts are all these things that are like, that's, that's actually in a technical sense, say a, that's just kind of perverted. Like yeah. you've actually just twisted something and you're now you're just going, ha ha ha, let's laugh at this. You get you know, to like, to the original definition of hedonism. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's just what whatever, whenever. Yeah. I think I think some of that is have fun, however, whenever. Do you do you, and whatever you want is fine. Yeah. So yeah. then, what's God's definition of fun? Well, in that, <laughs> I'd say I would go back to some of the things that Piper was saying. Is mm. what's something that points you back to Him? What were, what's something you were created for? Mm. We'll start there. What were you created for? Now, we could go that on a universal level. We were all created to glorify God. So whatever you can do that glorifies God and you enjoy that, mm. that, is, that is wholesome, godly fun. Yeah. Um, what else were you created to do? On a, on a particular level, God has given each of us personality. He's given us gifts, skills, abilities, um, what can you do that someone else can't do? Are you doing that? Mm. Again, it's like the parable of the talents. Yeah. He has given to all. Are you using what he's done? Well, if you're good, again, if you're good at comedy, if you're good at telling jokes. Do it. Do it. Do it to do, the glory do, of God. Do it. Do it for the, for the edification of believers. For the, mm. for the, like, don't underestimate the power of a good joke to someone who needs an uplifting day. Yeah. Now, again. A good joke. A, a good joke. <laughs> you know, like I said, again, Paul specifically warns us in Ephesians to avoid crude joking. He does. I had this conversation with, uh, I, I have a small group, I lead the small group for seventh grade boys on, stun, on student, student ministry on Sunday nights. And we were talking about this the other day, like, what are some healthy boundaries for, like, healthy sexual integrity and this kind of stuff? I was like, mm -hmm. maybe we should have cut out that's what she said. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, again, some it's of us do not, it and you're yeah. like, Maybe that's a line. Like maybe that's you know. So I think some of it we need to be guided by the spirit there. But yeah, what what were you created to do? Mm. Um, I also go back again. I have a, a lot of things come back to movie quotes with me too. Nice. But profound. And I think I might have quoted this when we did the Pixar um, uh, conversation. The movie Chariots of Fire about the man Eric Little. Mm -hmm. He um, ended up being a missionary in China. Uh, did a lot of great stuff. He started as an athlete. Played all sorts of athletics when he was young. Mm. One of the stories that I heard about him that just endeared him to me was because I like the sport rugby. He was a rugby player. Apparently, they ended up. I think I thought I heard they ended up outlawing the like a, a flying diving tackle because he would do it a lot and he was like breaking collarbones all the time. Like, ah. <laughs> yeah, like, like ah. it was a, it was a dangerous <laughs> thing he did, but like he just put his whole body on the line playing rugby. Um, but in in the movie, he's famous because he's an Olympic runner. Um, he's fast. In the movie and in life, in real life, there was tension in his family because his sister, I think, helped uh, like a, a China mission, and she wanted she wanted him, Eric, to be more focused on the things of God, 
Are you helping at the mission? Are you preaching the word? You have a gift for preaching, and he was a mm. bright man, and he did. Um, you have a gift over here. Don't you have a responsibility to preach the word to, to, to the mission? And there's this great scene where she's talking to him, trying to convince him of this, like, hey, give up running. What is that doing? Mm. You, there's a much bigger value over here. And his, his response, among other things, is he says, but God made me fast. Mm. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Like mm. living out. There is something, there's another yeah. quote that Sean, Sean, uh, my brother has had this for a long time too. This came from the book, um, I think White Fang by Jack London, mm -hmm. who also yeah. wrote, um, oh, what's the other book he wrote? Uh, it was made into a movie a little while ago about a dog. Again, he did a lot of dog books, but there's this great quote where it says, life achieves its summit when it does to the utmost that which it was equipped to do. Mm. So, and that was, I don't know if he's a secularist or a Christian, but like think about like, I think the proper role of fun is doing what God has equipped you to do for him. Mm. Again, Eric Little, I think, could have been in sin if he just ran for his own sake, ran for his own glory, ran just because I want to win all the medals and I want to be the best. But he didn't. He ran because I love it. God made me fast. And, I'm, and, and I know he's happy. And personally, and I think there's also that... Mm. Maybe, you know, you could say maybe he didn't get a huge platform to stand up and go, hey, everyone, I'm doing this today because God, like, y even if you're an athlete, you don't have to, you know, score the touchdown and, you know, up there, like, that's not a sin if you don't do that. You know, it's not a sin if you never get a press conference where you get that platform. But, right. but are you personally engaging in this hobby, this recreation, this activity, and are you doing it in a way that's, one, are you doing it in a way that's glorifying God, like you're not cheating? And are you, are, are you just enjoying the thing that he's gifted you with? Does it, does it lead you back to going, God, you're amazing. I've, I like playing drums. I don't get to play often, but there are times when I play drums, even if it's just by myself playing a song, like playing along to a song on my phone, mm. it is, there's just something that's beautiful about it, something it's ultimately enjoying, refreshing, and it even connects me with God in a way where I'm like, this is, this is wonderful. Yeah. God is good. And I, I, I think that that really centers well on that idea of the world's definition of fun is individual pleasure oriented. Mm -hmm. And God's definition of fun is purposeful and, and meaningful enjoy, enjoyment mm -hmm. from and for God's pleasure. Right. Right. Where you get that mindset of where he's saying, you know, I know God is pleased because I'm, I'm doing this thing. I enjoy it and it's purposeful and it is meaningful because I'm allowing him to define the meaning, not my flesh define, you know, how good or something is, you know, right. based off how I feel about it. Um, and that really is part of this beautiful Christian journey of our whole mindsets changing. Right. The way that we view the world changing because it changes the way that we interact and talk to our uh, family members, our coworkers, our bosses, the way that we do life. It's in all of your conduct. Mm hmm. Everything that you do be for the glory of God. All of these verses that point to that that concept, you know, of God's sanctification work reaches into everything, which means that His joy also can if we allow it to. Oh, absolutely. And it and it's going back when you reference First Peter, and even Peter is referencing back into Leviticus, mm -hmm. "Be holy, for I am holy." Being holy also doesn't mean boring. Yeah, being holy means be like God. 
And he enjoys things. He creates things. He's a god of creation. He we, created we create. a lot of wonder. He created the duck-billed platypus. He created. That's pretty hilarious. <laughs> I mean, like, get this. It's gonna lay eggs. <laughs> he created. He created these birds in the Amazon that will do. You gotta watch the BBC Planet Earth. Specials. Oh, the dancing ones. Yeah, the, where they, the, they puff oh. out their feathers and they make these bizarre shapes with their feathers. They and make they a do dance these floor. Little dances. Yeah, yeah. They, they clear out a dance floor so they can attract. Like, God made weird dancing birds. He made duck-billed platypuses. Platypus. Platypi. 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 I think it's platypi. Yeah, and. uh Again, he's he's a god of creation. Mm. He's a god of many wonderful things. He's good. He is good. Yeah. Enjoy the good things he has made. And that's what I was going to, my final question for this is, what should people take away from this conversation? And I think that that, that was it. Yeah. God is good. Mm -hmm. And we can enjoy that and enjoy him. And he enjoys us. Right. When we allow him to. On his terms, you know? Right. And I mean, that goes back to even Paul says, whatever is, you know, pure, noble, right, you know, think of mm. these things. Again, that's where everyone goes, well, well what is, what isn't? Okay. The funny thing is, this is what I love about God is he didn't, like, he gave us a lot of information. So we can't say, well, he hasn't given, a, he, gave, he gave us enough. But he didn't sit down and say, here's an approved list of books. Here's an approved mm. list of movies. Here's an approved list of activities. They're like, what are movies? <laughs> yeah. Right. They're like. <laughs> you know, it's well, for other people. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, that's also like, he also. He, We'd be arrogant to think that, well, I need this because I live at this time in life mm. and this is my struggle. We're like, mm -hmm. people in the 1200s needed to figure this stuff out too and it looked very different. Yeah. So God is big enough to meet us wherever we are, whatever situation we're in. If we submit ourselves to Christ and to truly seeking to honor him with our lives, let's start there. Start, mm. start with submission to Christ. And I think the Holy Spirit will guide you along with other, you know, other mature believers. Ask someone else in your, uh, someone else in your life, okay, do I enjoy God's creation too much or too little? Mm. Am I on the, am I too frivolous or am I too legalistic? Yeah. You know, get that feedback and walk with people. Do this in community. Enjoy God's creation because God has given us new life. Mm. Let's, like, this is what we have to offer the world too. We we yeah. have we have the hope of Christ in us. We have joy mm. that goes beyond happiness, but sometimes can include happiness and fun. Yeah. And I love what Jesus says. I've come to bring life and life in the fullest. Yeah. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah. Everything that is good. I mean, God, you know, all that is, you know, oh gosh, James. Um, he's the giver of all, you know, the father of light in him, you know, there's no shadow and it's, mm. he's the giver of all, you know, good gifts, everything. I just botched James. I'm sorry. That's all right. But, um, but Grace yeah, abounds. yeah, but it's one of those things of like, if this is a good thing, mm. this is a, the thing to be enjoyed. Yeah. And let's, and let's point people to the goodness and the joy that can be found in Christ so that others can enjoy him That's too. That's permanent. Yeah. Everlasting. Yeah. Thing and doesn't and, end. Cause I was like, let's, it, Christians shouldn't be the most dour people. Yeah. We, we, we of all people, have the reason for the most hope, mm. the most joy, to enjoy the world in the best way possible because we know this is what God created us for. Like, also, He didn't create us for heaven to be disembodied spirits, He created mm. us as embodied people in a physical world. He will come back one day, remake the earth, mm. and bring His city, His kingdom to earth where we will live with him. He will be our God and we will be mm. his people. 
let's start practicing now on how to enjoy the things that he's created. Yeah, absolutely. Eric, thanks so much for being on the show. We appreciate it. I think that that, this is a perfect wrap-up to the conversation. Glad I could help. Thanks, man. Thank you for tuning in to this production from Sandhills Media Ministry. This episode was produced and hosted by John Dayback. Audio mixing and camera work by Sean Wigner. Post-production by Eric Wigner. Special thanks to our guest, Eric Wigner. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us through liking, subscribing, and sharing on your social media. It does more than you know to fuel this project. If you'd like to know more about Sandhills, or if you'd like to join us on a Sunday, you can do so at sandhillschurch.org. If you like the song we used, it's Same Blood Instrumental by King's Kaleidoscope.